0: Oh, oh, Shout. One second, please. Welcome to Designated Driver, the show where we explore the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Aliyah. And I'm Liz. And today we're going to talk about the Barbie movie and just stay with us because I think there's some really good Adam Driver connections here. To start, do we have any Adam Driver news?
1: I don't think so. I mean, there's the strikes happening—the mm-hmm. actor strike.
0: Haven't seen him on the line. I've been looking.
1: He probably just had a new baby. I think, yeah. There's been crickets. Guess I usually get my Adam Driver news from you because you're more on the Reddits And the I'm ex- on the tweets, but yeah, now it's the X. Ex. The X's. I think they're
0: still called tweets. I don't know. No, Joel and I were talking about it the other day because when they switched it over, I looked at my phone. You still get notifications that are tweets, but then when I opened it, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I thought I had a virus on my phone until I figured it out. It took me a minute. You did have a virus on your phone. Is it
1: still blue? No, it's black. It's but all the, black. But the
0: notifications are blue. It's weird. It makes no sense.
1: I guess they don't have enough staff to update everything <laughs> all at once. So I think we have no Adam Driver news. That I can well, think of. okay. Here's you one got... little
0: news. I'm just looking at our text threads. Well, two things. Okay, so one is for those of you who are interested in NYT Connections, which we absolutely are. Adam Driver was oh, in the Connections, yes. and, which is almost oh, as yes. good as being in the crossword.
1: Yeah, better because Connections is new mm-hmm. and it's so fun. Did okay. you do today's? It was so
0: hard. I haven't done it yet, so n- no, no spoilers. Yeah. I'm here to tell you and our eight listeners that if you ever get bored, there's this English TV show called Only Connect, and it's a game show, and Connections is just like Only Connect. So each round is different weird clues where they have to figure out the connections, and it's really hard, and it's really nerdy, but it's really good. So if you ever want to watch Only Connect with us, we steal it from the internet.
1: Oh, cool. I mean, when Connections first came out and for some reason it's still in beta and you have to like look at the instructions every single time, even if you play it every day. I was like, this is so easy. How can this be a puzzle? But sometimes it's so hard because there's always five options. If you don't play Connections, that won't make sense. But the thing is, you should play it. Yeah, it's it's really fun. fun. Even for people who don't like to play puzzles and games that much, you could you could get into it. I mean I do a ton of puzzles so it just I easily could just add it in but I think it's good for people who maybe don't like crossword puzzles and other puzzles. Yes. Cuz it's different. Yes. Matching words. Let's just say a basic explanation of Connections. It's a bunch of words and you have to guess the four words that go together and there's always there's four categories right that you need to solve.
0: Correct. And some of them are harder than others.
1: Yeah, I know the sports ones, that's not even fair. Yeah. So sometimes I look things up to see if it's NBA or NHL, whatever. It's a good game.
0: It's a really good game. So another thing that we've been texting about, and I will put this on our Facebook page, is right after I saw Barbie, which is what we're talking about today, it's a tweet, and it's Adam Sackler looking out his front door, welcoming Hannah, and he's saying, Welcome to my Mojo Dojo Casa house and I loved it.
1: You sent it to me right before I saw Barbie, so I was like, cool, but I didn't get it. Then I saw the movie later that day and totally got it. Yeah, I have a couple Adam-Driver connections in my mind, too, so I wonder if we're thinking the same thing. I feel like we are. So should we give a synopsis? I mean, I mean, everyone's seen it, but you do it this time. Okay, I'll try. Barbie Land, and that's where Barbie lives, and she has this great life with all the other barbies and all the other barbies are winning nobel prizes and ruling barbie land and then there's some kens and the kens are sort of accessories to barbie and the barbies like interact with them sometimes but they don't really care too much about the kens because it's really like girl's time all the time doing super fun things but then barbie starts having an existential crisis and she has to leave barbie land to go to the real world where everything is flipped and the men are ruling everything. And then Ken goes back to Barbie land and takes patriarchy back there and establishes the patriarchy while Barbie's gone trying to like fix this her owner rip in the <laughs> yeah because her owner is having an
0: existential crisis and so by extension so is she so if she can fix the owner she can fix herself
1: yeah so that's her quest i guess so she gets back to barbie land and then it's all like a patriarchy that Ken set up and then all the other barbies there are brainwashed and Barbie and then Weird Barbie have to like figure out how to unbrainwash the barbies and then they spoiler alert they take over barbie land again and reestablish that. But Barbie decides that she wants to go live in the real world and not be a Barbie anymore. Good synopsis. Okay, thank you. Barbie's such a phenomenon. It's so it's, delightful. It really is. And I want it to be Girls' Night every night. I love their Girls' Night, their dance that they were doing. Yeah, it's so fun. That's what I want to do every night. A Me big too. party with a bespoke dance, they called yeah. it. That looked really fun.
0: I know. It did look really fun. All of it looked really fun.
1: So why are we talking about Barbie on an Adam Driver podcast?
0: That's a great question, Liz.
1: (laughs) And it was your idea.
0: So (laughs) do you want to talk about it first?
1: Sure. Well, I think that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach wrote the movie and Greta Gerwig directed it. And they worked many times with Adam Driver. So I just feel like they're part of the Adam Driver universe. White Noise was one of his most recent movies. He acted with Greta and Noah directed it. It's just part of his. Part of his Barbie land, so to speak. It's just, these are Adam Driver's people that he works with all the time. Part of his kendom. Yeah. So he's not in the movie, technically. What do you think are some connections?
0: Well, it's funny because I wanted to do some more reading, but I actually think the tweet summarizes it perfectly. If you Google Adam Sackler masculinity, you get so many hits on Google. There's academic papers. There's
1: Reddit. On Adam Sackler or Adam Driver? Adam Sackler. From girls. Okay.
0: Correct. So I feel like we could start by just talking about Adam Sackler. So some examples are an academic paper called I'm into this woodworking stuff, hipster masculinity and Adam Sackler, Adam from girls, archetypal modern male. We both remember that interview with Adam Driver in The New Yorker where he didn't know what toxic masculinity meant. Here's a Reddit thread called Adam's Viral Masculinity Navigates Both Masculine and Feminine Spaces. Or how about this Slate article, Girls, Adam Sackler, OCD Triggering Creep or Good Man in Training? <laughs> so there's just so many like things, and I think that really summarizes it. And it's funny, too, because I feel... Greta Gergerwig and Lena Dunham kind of share this sort of modern woman creator identity. And I have seen, I don't know if this is true, but there are these rumors online right now that Lena Dunham is working on a Polly Pocket movie with Mm -hmm. Lily Collins. So there's a lot of parallels between the two of them. And then they share this Adam masculinity obsession that's kind of fascinating. But when you think about some of the things that the character of Adam Sackler does and the way that he's portrayed he's clearly someone who's really like he would totally read a horse book just like Mm -hmm. Ken you know Mm -hmm. you could absolutely see him doing that and he struggles so much with his role because on that show he's basically Hannah's boyfriend but he's so much more and so much less I felt like I could see a lot of parallels between Ken and Adam Sackler that's my first thought do you have any comments on that
1: well, I'll just chime in with how I think Adam Driver was in this movie. Okay. And that is with the horses. Mm-hmm. So when Ken turns it into, was it Kenland? The Kingdom? Because he went to the real world and saw men doing, like, man things, like lifting weights, being on horses, and he's trying to figure this whole thing out, and he, like, goes into a library of a school, and he gets funny books called... Why men rule everything? And then just a book on horses. (laughs) And so he brings us back to Kendom. And so all of the Kens are dressed like cowboys. There's TVs everywhere in the background with slow motion footage of horses running. And he's like explaining it to the Kens. He's like, for a while, I thought that maybe the horses were in charge. But really, the horses are an extension of the men. And so he really latches onto this horse thing. And that just makes me think of the Burberry commercial that Adam Driver was in. Where And I just rewatched it this morning because I was like, did he turn into a horse or did he turn into a centaur? So it starts on the beach. It's basically slow motion <laughs> running of a horse and then slow motion Adam Driver running and both the horse and Adam Driver run into the ocean And then they swim around each other, and then Adam Driver touches the horse, and they show his face. And actually, I thought there was, like, a flash of fear in his eyes. I mean, because that's pretty scary to, like, swim right next to a horse, because if they would kick you, that could, like, kill you. Anyway, he touches the horse, and then there's chill-out music playing, and then magic happens, and then they show him, like, as a centaur. Yeah, you just see his he's shadow. The, he's yeah, he's a he's sort of blurry and backlit. The horse was an extension of him. It just makes the whole patriarchy thing very funny, and I think this ad would have also been on their TVs. Mm-hmm. It would have been on the they Ken's probably TVs. wore that cologne. Oh, totally, Hero by Burberry. So yes. the way they clued in on the horse thing as part of masculinity was so spot on, and also very linked to Adam Driver, who's kind of a masculine icon. I don't know what to say. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, we can absolutely—you're so right, and that's such a good insight. And now I wonder if when they were making White Noise, was Greta Gerwig actually going home with Noah Baumbach, and were they watching that cologne commercial and like, tee-hee-hee, like, we're
1: going to put this in here? It seems like it could be a big inspiration, because it just— Distills, it's like a one minute version of what Kendam means. You're absolutely right. I so love that. when I see those horses, the slow motion horse footage in the background all the time, and it's like always there, I think of Adam Driver. He was in that movie mm-hmm. in spirit. He's been riding horses in more than one movie. Mm-hmm. For sure, The Last Duel. Mm hmm. And the Don Quixote movie. Mm-hmm. And then did he ride horses at all in silence? Or did they Violence. not have... <laughs> in silence. I think that would have been Florence. too... They were more on boats. And like walking a lot. Okay. No,
0: that would have been too kind to give them a horse.
1: I looked through our podcast to see Adam Driver is pretty much in on horses in every other movie. But it was a lot less than that. It was like two movies that I could really nail down. But I really feel like he is... On horses a lot. And if it's not horses, then there's the modern day equivalent of horses, which is cars, totally. trucks, buses, other car related things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're totally
0: on the same page. Because then I was thinking about how important his military services and how, what a big part of who he is and his sort of origin story as an actor is just driven by this very male masculine system. And structure and how important that was for him to become a man, whatever that means. And also how he had this long sort of period where he kind of struggled with who he was and his identity when his crew got deployed and he couldn't go. And he had to figure that out.
1: And he became an actor, which is kind of a feminine career.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we had to take a break because our SIM card got full. And I was just saying that A lot of his characters are just really, Kylo Ren is, I think, another really good example where he's not quite a man, but he's not quite a boy, and he has a lot of power, and he doesn't really know how to use it, and it makes him sort of crazy. And it's all because he's just struggling with what masculinity means.
1: Yeah, I liked it when Ken was like, I didn't really like running things. It was hard. And the Kens do go to war, so this is part of all the Barbies' plan. To turn the Kens against each other, so they will be distracted by war, and then that's how they can take over the government again. (laughs) But it reminded me of how in World War II, like all the men were gone, and then the women were like more freedom. Do this, (laughs) and they're working in the factories. When the men come back, then they have to go back to having a lot more limited options Mm -hmm. and limited roles. And now I'm just thinking about
0: that part. I think we both really loved. The part when the women start kind of undermining the men and making them feel insecure when they're all playing that Matchbox 20 song on the beach for like four hours to the Barbies. And I was just reminded of in Girls, after Hannah and Adam break up the first time, he records all these YouTube videos of himself singing songs to her, like right into the camera in this really intense way. And I don't know what it is that compels men to do that, but the singing to women thing is just evergreen.
1: Okay, can I tell you a story from college?
0: Yes, because I have one too. You go.
1: (laughs) My dorm room was on the fifth floor, and there was a really nice balcony. And it's right on the river, so from the balcony you can see the Mississippi River— You could see what was then the stadium, the Metrodome, and the Minnesota Twins won the World Series that year, and you could, like, hear the roaring from the Metrodome, but the other thing you could see was down on the ground, there was, like, a patio. There was this guy, he must have lived in the dorm, and he had, like, kind of shoulder-length hair, and he had a guitar, and then there was this girl, and she kind of looked like a Barbie a little bit, and... She was blonde and cute and one time me and friends were on the balcony looking down and the guy with the guitar was playing music and singing to the girl and it was just so cringe, as people say now. But this was a way that he was wooing her. There's similar ways that I went to and still go to see bands, but at that time bands were almost all watching guys play music, standing around. Watching them play. I saw this weird article in the New York Times about a man who ate an entire airplane to impress a woman. What do you mean he ate an airplane? (laughs) Piece by piece. It was metal? Yeah, I think so. He ate metal? Yeah, I think so. But it's just really funny because it didn't work. Sometimes men try to do anything to get the attention from a woman, but really all they needed to do was, like, get to know them. Figuring out some kind of performance to make a girl watch, to make them like you, is a total guy thing to do. Yes. And then the women have to play along, even though we really don't want to watch, but it's part of the whole act that everyone knows they're supposed to play.
0: Okay, wait, I want to tell you my story, and then I want to build on this. When I was in college, I lived in a dorm, and there was this woman, and she's really smart. She helped invent a COVID vaccine. like She's up for an alumni award, but the guy she was dating ran our college radio station, and this is so depressing, but one of his favorite bands was Bare Naked Ladies, and he ran our college radio station. i oh, like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Anywho, he would sit on the steps of our dorm and play her If I Had a Million Dollars, and it made me want to die. I would walk by... But now they're married, so I guess it worked. Yeah, she just had to get past that. I mean, do you think now they talk about it and she's like, that was really dumb that you did that? <laughs> you didn't need no, to do that? No, I mean,
1: I don't think you'd want to break his heart. He was just trying his best. But it was really funny in that scene how the one guy was playing the drums. And then there was a mermaid, merman, who was playing the ukulele. It was so funny. Played and this, by John
0: Cena, who is like one, one of my son's all-time favorite people in the whole world.
1: Oh, is he in kid stuff?
0: He has a book about monster trucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's classic. Barbie is like spit-take funny. Mm-hmm. So I've, I saw it for the second time last night. And the first time I saw it, I mean, all the jokes are brand new. Two times I took a drink from my La Croix that I smuggled in there. It was so funny. I was, like, trying not to spit out. And when was when they were playing the Matchback to 20 song?
0: Yes. It's pronounced LaCroix because it's from Wisconsin. I just want yeah. you to know.
1: I'm aware of that. But, you know, on girls, they say LaCroix. I, because I felt they don't same. know.
0: Because they don't know. Because no, they live in it. New York.
1: Well, you can say it intentionally, LaCroix. It's just more fun to say it that way. Oh, LaCroix. That's ugly. I feel
0: that you should say it that way because I feel that it sounds... Listen, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I feel that it sounds pretentious to say La Croix, especially the girls on girls because they're from New York and no one pays attention to the Midwest in New York. But they think that they're pronouncing it right, but they're pronouncing it wrong because it's from
1: Wisconsin. It's LaCroix. I apologize if it sounds pretentious, but I am not going to change it. LaCroix just seems like I can't say it that way.
0: Okay, we can move on.
1: (laughs) So the second time I saw it, I didn't know if I would be more critical of it. If it wouldn't be as good. But no, I loved it even more than ever. You did? Good.
0: I wanted to go with you last night, but I just couldn't.
1: It's a fun roller coaster ride. At a certain point in the movie, my kids want to get a refill on the popcorn. But I didn't want to leave because I wanted to see the parts I was expecting. Like, I can't leave now because I want to see that scene on the beach. Or I kept wanting to see the scenes.
0: Okay, you know what you could do, though? You could leave during the parts with Will Ferrell, because as much as I love Will Ferrell, they did not need that.
1: Yeah, or like when they ran through the building. Yeah, they didn't need that. It, It was like a car chase. They could
0: have totally cut the Will Ferrell plot out, and it would have still been just as good.
1: I thought it was funny when he was like, and then there's sparkles, and then what do you think of with sparkles, female agency?
0: I just felt like they could have made it smaller or they didn't need the whole boardroom. It could have just been Will Ferrell like dipping in and out and kind of
1: being an echo to why toxic masculinity is bad. Yeah. So Will Ferrell was the CEO of Mattel and then there was a boardroom and it was all men that were running Mattel. And what it reminded me of was after I saw Moana, which is a great movie, yeah, and I was like, okay, Disney's finally, they're getting better and better each time on, like, the whole female agency thing. But then you see the credits, and it was still all dudes. And then my heart broke, and I was just really sad. So that's what it reminded me of. I guess if you book Will Ferrell, you're like, got to keep putting him in scenes. Yeah, I think the first time, there were some parts that I thought maybe could be cut or something. Had some, like, where is this going kind of feelings. And then there were two little moments that sort of bothered me. And one is where, okay, so there's a mom and a daughter, and they're the ones that are part of causing this rift in the Barbie land real world thing because the mom is really sad and she's playing with the Barbie. So the daughter, she's like a tween, and she's really, really surly. And she says, "'Women hate women, and men hate women. Everyone hates women.'" And that line kind of bumps me out because I, I like women. <laughs> so that was one line that I wish was not in the movie. The other thing that I thought was weird was when at the end, I think it's Rhea Perlman's character. Ruth Handler. Her ghost or something. She's like wrapping it all up and saying that patriarchy and Barbie are things that people make up because it feels uncomfortable to be a human And I just thought that was, like, sugarcoating patriarchy so much and just letting anyone off the hook of having any responsibility. It's like if you need to tell your children about something bad in the world to protect them, like, you need to tell them what child abuse is so they can know about it, but you also don't want to tell them what it is because you don't want them to feel like the world is a bad place. I felt like it was that. So maybe it was just kind of letting people off the hook, letting men off the hook for patriarchy so we can just forget about it and just (laughs) move on. And also maybe for the kids in the audience. So I have mixed feelings about that. Barbie's a fun movie. You're not going to make it about the horrible things, the really horrible things that happen because of patriarchy. You're just going to focus on like the horses and the kind of funny things. So I didn't know if there would be more moments like that that I didn't like seeing the second time. But no, totally the opposite. I loved it. This is the Titanic of our time. People are dressing up, seeing it multiple times. I can see it being like a Rocky Horror. Uh, yes. There's so many moments where you'd want to sing along. You'd want to dance along. And the first time I saw it, it was the first time it showed at Riverview, which is a cool theater in our neighborhood. And so it was 1.45 in the afternoon on a Friday. Still, it was packed, and the audience was like, laughing and crying and at the end I felt like the energy just the room was just like about to explode and everyone wanted to just scream their heads off. It was the same the second time a Friday evening totally packed. The audience was totally into it. People were dressed up and I tried to start some screaming at the end but it didn't really it <laughs> didn't catch on. I was like Woo! you know you laugh you cry you just should scream your head off at the end. Totes. And I love these Moments, it seems like this summer, our culture just like coming together in such a way that hasn't for so long. Like with Taylor Swift, I feel like everyone loves Taylor Swift. Everyone's excited about it. And she's kind of like Barbie too. Yeah. She's got great clothes. She's like a Barbie.
0: She's in charge of her destiny. She's enough. She doesn't
1: need any kin. She's really good at rhymes.
0: She's really good at rhymes. She's really pretty.
1: And then there's like the Beyonce tour. Was it so good? Oh Liz yes! went to see
0: Beyonce and I'm it so did. mad that I didn't go. It's weird because I was right there. I had to work late at my toxic job and I thought about driving over, but I was so mad and tired. By the time I was done, I didn't.
1: It was fun. It was in an outdoor stadium that's not super huge. It seemed intimate enough and it was a huge show. Outfits and dancers and it was great. Was it girls' night? What do you mean?
0: Like in Barbie, when it's girls' night and they have a yes bespoke dance party.
1: It was like that. So the summer really feels like people are really getting into one thing. And on the flip side, it's Oppenheimer. People were excited about that. I don't know if people are seeing it as much because it's just not fun. It's not fun. Like three hours. I haven't seen it, and I'm I don't care. Scared to see it. I don't always like Christopher Nolan. I didn't like Inception. And I didn't see Tenet because I just don't like it when movies don't make sense. That makes me mad.
0: Yeah. You could say that Barbie doesn't make sense. Like, there's plenty of weird... But
1: I don't care. It makes sense. I mean, instead of movies like a David Lynch movie where you literally don't know yeah, what it's about.
0: No, I'm totally with you. It's funny because I was... So, to our eight fans, you may know, that I worked at the Historical Society for a really long time. I got together with some friends from the Historical Society the other day and we were talking about Barbie... We all agreed that we loved Barbie. And actually, as a history person, I love Barbie, too, because they pulled all of these little past stories and the, like, forgotten Barbies that hadn't been successful. And it it was fun to see them, and it was fun. They pulled out the original boxes kind of in the end during the credits, and I really love seeing those. So I think as a history movie, it worked, too. But anyway, I was like, I don't want to see Oppenheimer. I don't care. Like, it's the opposite of Barbie in every way. I'm not interested in man history. And I know it's not man history, like I know nuclear bombs kill everyone, but it just reminded me when I worked for the Historical Society, I worked on a project about World War II and I did not care. I just wanted to get into the like colorful post-war feminine mystique. I wanted to talk about domestic history. And my husband used to say I was a history professional who didn't like history, but it's not that I don't like history. It's that I don't like those big boring man histories like I want to talk about domestic things and color and the way that women are manifested in these plot lines. and I just don't give a shit about Oppenheimer. I don't want to watch it.
1: I don't know if I will ever see it. It's going to be at home. I don't know maybe I'll see it.
0: I'm not. Then. My husband will because he went to the University of Chicago and that's where they all were but I will pass.
1: When I was in college I uh, worked at the arts and entertainment newspaper and there was a book about Barbie that I wrote a book review of. Oh. I think I can locate that, actually. Yeah, you should. I should take a picture of it. I'm always too embarrassed to read anything that I wrote in the past. I really almost can't even look at it because I feel like it's going to be too embarrassing. But I think I can find it. I remember reading that book, and I kind of wonder if it's somewhere in around the house. I don't remember a lot of the history, except it was Barbie was based on like a sexy doll from Germany. The first Barbie. Yeah so
0: good. Can I say one more Adam Driver thing that I kept yeah. thinking about? So, every once in a while they like play and riff on different Barbie ideas in the film. And there's one when Barbie's really depressed. Yeah, depression depressed, Barbie. Depression Barbie. And one of the things that Depression Barbie does is watch the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice. Yep. Which is what I do when I'm depressed for a long time. It was Annie Hall. I know Woody Allen's canceled, but that was like my go-to depression thing. So much so that when I was in college, my senior year, I rented Annie Hall for like most of the school year. And when I graduated, I returned it when I was leaving town because I was afraid I was going to have too many overdue fines. Mm -hmm. So I just like slipped it through the little mailbox thing as I was leaving Iowa. I moved on from that to Pride and Prejudice. And especially like during COVID, I watched it over and over. I used to own it on DVD. And so I just felt so seen. Because the other ones are not as good, and Keira Knightley sucks, and she can go. But the Pride and Prejudice BBC version is excellent. I have seen that Mr. Darcy, the Colin Firth Mr. Darcy called Lake Ken, because the Ken in Barbie is Beach Ken, which I love because, you know, he <laughs> swims in the lake. But then the other part that I was thinking about is how we still really want to see Adam Driver as Mr. Darcy with a bunch of Muppets. Mm-hmm. And maybe, just maybe, Greta Gerwig has heard that, too. And maybe she's listening right now and thinking, what could my next project be?
1: She can do anything she wants now. I wonder how Noah feels. I mean, he was involved in Barbie, too, but just because. I'm thinking about white noise and how no one liked it. Including us. Including us. I know one person who liked it. And it was sort of colorful and surreal, too. After seeing Barbie be kind of interesting to... Watch that again. I don't think I would, but hope no feels okay about that. They just
0: had a baby, and they're probably, like, so tired and confused that they don't know what's going on.
1: I read an, a Rolling Stone interview with Greta Gerwig, and the baby was three months old. So I guess they must have finished Barbie, and then she had a baby. And she has, like, a four-year-old. They have a four-year-old together. Oh, I didn't know
0: that. I thought this was their first yeah. kid. but
1: No, two kids and all this Barbie stuff. So I wonder what she'll do. She and Kate McKinnon have known each other since college. They were in an improv group together. That's cute. That
0: movie was so good. There are so many Adam Driver tie-ins, and I didn't even think about it before, but now I did. Can I say one more Greta Gerwig thing? Because as we're Mm taping this, uh, this week one of my all-time favorite people in the whole world died, Paul Rubens. Yeah. And I've been reading so many tributes to him. And I also realized he was only a year younger than my dad, which makes me feel so confused. So I've been reading all these different tributes to him. And I just can't emphasize enough how much I love Pee Wee Herman and Paul Rubens. But one of the tributes I read to him was this article in The New Yorker talking about how they wish that he had seen Barbie because there's so much of this mid-century exuberance in the Barbie set and so much about color and life and joy in Barbie that Pee Wee's Playhouse has too. Anyway so I was reading that and I thought it was a little bit of a stretch like they didn't have to have the Barbie tie-in but then I listened to an interview with Paul Rubens on Conan O'Brien that was taped in 2020 and he went on a tear about how much he loves Greta Gerwig. There is that brightness and color and plastic quality from Pee Wee that I see in Barbie and it just makes me love it even more. Rest in peace, Paul Rubens, because I loved him so much.
1: And I still do. And Pee-wee is eternal, just like Barbie. Like, he'll live forever. Such a great character. Mm-hmm. And I really recommend that the latest Pee-wee Herman movie. What was it called? Big Vacation? or Yeah.
0: I love that, too, with Paul Men, Yellow. Also, talking about masculinity, yeah. I mean, he's the, like, sort of counterpoint to Adam Driver and Ken. So what else about Barbie? I loved the clothes and the costumes. I thought America Ferreira was luminous. Is that the mom or the daughter? The mom. And I highly recommend to everybody the New York Times article that I shared with you about the costume developer who, Mm -hmm. or designer, who, she's 91 years old. And she was the one who made me cry. The part when Barbie looks at her and says, you're beautiful. I just like immediately was like, "Ah." Anne Roth is her name. God, what a great asset she was.
1: In the interview I read with Greta Gerwig, they tried to get her to cut that scene. Did you hear about that?
0: They tried to get Greta Gerwig to cut it, and she was like, that's the center of the movie.
1: She called it a cul-de-sac because it doesn't really go with the plot. I mean, the plot could go without it, but it was like the kernel of the heart of the movie. That's so cool that Anne Roth has, I know she doesn't want to be called amazing, but a costume designer for so many decades and she's still working at 91
0: but she's getting ready to go on a road trip with Meryl Streep to Italy (laughs) oh good for her yeah Yeah. I love the way that she thought about characters too I think my favorite part was they interviewed Jane Fonda and in nine to five Jane Fonda's character Judy was kind of this like uptight waspy lady she put food coupons in her purse like grocery store coupons as part of the costume
1: oh that's great I know I love that yeah, the attention to detail. I always like that. So, what would you rate Barbie? Oh my God, five combs all the way.
0: Yeah, five. Or five oversized hair brushes.
1: 500 pink combs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a really funny part when one of the Barbies was brushing their hair or combing the hair and just how big the brush was compared to their head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot like Pee Wee's Playhouse. So, highly recommend Barbie. What do you think we could possibly do next? I want to say one
0: more thing. Okay. This is just one more thing, Adam Driver. Maybe stop making films with Noah Baumbach and mm-hmm. start making films with Greta Gerwig. There's your woman director.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think she's going to be a huge director from now on. I just feel like Barbie's going to be such a phenomenon, and then there's going to be a lull because of the strikes that Barbie's going to have a life. I remember Joel, your husband, telling me about Star Wars when it came out it was like at the theater for one year it just had this time to have a really long life Barbie might have the same thing Mm -hmm. and it'll have more time than things do now because of just how oversaturated everything has been like so many shows to stream and so much coming out all the time and it is a lot of really good stuff that you want to see but you just can't absorb that much stuff and you can't be a fan of it for very long then there's always 10 more amazing shows that you should be watching as well and the pace is just too fast for humans it's like an ai pace of entertainment coming out and i want to see barbie have this have a long life or like every year we go to the sing-along sound of music at the riverview Mm -hmm. which i think barbie could be great like sing-along movie and there's special props and it's just really nice to have like a movie that you see every year over and over or like the Pride and Prejudice just at this slower pace that our human brains can absorb. Yeah, Maybe our next episode is going to be about Barbie again. (laughs) Yeah our next episode's going to be about Barbie. Though I do want to say
0: that friend of the show Craig yeah oh yeah has talked to us a lot about Oscar Isaac Mm -hmm. and we do like that connection because he went to Juilliard, and he and Adam Driver have been in several movies together. So
1: they're pals, and, and they're pals. Like they're pals. They're Definitely so in cute. the same universe. They both
0: have, yeah. They both are just so cute. Maybe there's going to be an Oscar Isaac detour, but we don't know yet.
1: What I want to do, Craig, speaking to you, <laughs> is you could choose an Oscar Isaac movie that we haven't seen, but maybe that he likes. And then we would all watch that one movie and talk about the one Oscar Isaac movie. Yep. That's yep. what I'm thinking. Yep. I think that's deck. what's going to happen. Cool, cool. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Is there any taglines from Barbie that, what would Barbie say at the end? I just want to say that know. at the end of Barbie, I really love, they really stuck the landing. And I'm not going to say it because I don't want to.
0: Okay. Because I was going to say. Okay. You can say Go it. to your gynecologist.
1: Yeah. yeah. Public service yeah. announcement. Bye. Goodbye.